Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have the great honor of sitting here with Taj Alavi, who is the global head of brand for Uber, formerly the global head of brand for Instagram, mm-hmm. and you've invited me here to Uber so I can hear your story and share it on CMO Moves. I can't be more excited. Oh, I'm definitely excited and I'm honored. You know, I, I, I don't post on LinkedIn as often and I don't do these types of things. So for me to do this is a big deal. And Nadine, um, I think having that breakfast together and sitting through and you saying there's a story that people need to hear that your listeners might benefit from was such an honor I couldn't pass. So thank you for having me here. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, that breakfast was definitely um, eye-opening for me. We plan to have breakfast for an hour. I think we spent three hours together. (laughs) I I know. Well, I think it might be my amazing cooking. You know, I did make some pretty fantastic (laughs) breakfast cups, you know, if anyone wants to make a quick and easy meal accompanied by a nice bowl of greens. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was nice. Uh, My kids have seen mommy do some really cool things and to be able to share you with them and to say like you know there's a story mommy could have to tell and um that was exciting for me to share the moment with them too wow well it truly was remarkable for me and and thank you so much for the invite i mean i didn't i honestly didn't know what to expect you said come down for breakfast (laughs) you'll eat my kids my dog and my two chickens and i was like chickens in san francisco what are we talking about but you have two beautiful chickens too amazing yeah this is what happens when you're a working mom and suddenly you're i i'll admit there's like guilt moments this is why they have a puppy and this is why they have two chickens you know i was deep in a a project i think it was around the launch of i i GTV. And my daughter's like, Mommy, can I just be on a list? Um, there's some chickens that we could adopt. We're probably not going to get it. We're number two on the list. And I think I'd been working around the clock at the time. And I was like, oh, of course, of course, sweetheart. You can have chickens. Thinking to myself, there's a family ahead of us. There's no way. And of course, that family suddenly had a remodel project. And those chickens are ours. So, like, so sunshine and moonlight. I have a gorgeous condo purchased from Amazon sitting in our backyard. And, um, you know, and are there to just make our small dog crazy. So, <laughs> you know, like poor Star Star, I think she feels like a shepherd dog or something that has to monitor the safety of these chickens. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the story of our lives. I think it's just to bring delight in every way we can. You know, we yes. work hard, so we want to play hard. 
Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and that really shone through. And so it was a pleasure and an honor to meet your children, your husband, your chickens. And the reason we spent three hours talking is I couldn't get enough of your story. I mean, the, the journey that you've had, the path that you've taken, the decisions that you've made, the moves that you've made. Yeah. I mean, like you're living the dream. And and you did it while juggling being a mom and you're an advisor to several companies. I mean, like we just, I just knew we had to dig in and, and share this on CMO Moves. So again, thanks for joining us. Sure, my pleasure. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I just finished the podcast series, Dolly Parton's America, and it's made a huge influence. So you'll probably hear me trying to channel my inner Dolly and telling you my true <laughs> story. So, so uh, watch out, people. It's going to get personal. <laughs> but like, but um, yeah, these moves have been great. I wish I could say I had this grand plan, mm. um, but I truly didn't. I had a vision, and my vision was like, I think, you know, you, your destiny is written for you. And in this case, my parents were like, go out there and do great things. Mm-hmm. And along the way, be good to yourself and believe in yourself. And that foundation has led me to do vision board after vision board of, you know, I am going to be able to be a great provider who does great things for my family and has a good impact on my community. Mm-hmm. And those things, those those values led me down the path of, oh, I was going to go to med school. Mm-hmm. And I did every medical internship, biotech company, hospital research project. And then it came to terms with, actually, I might be better in business. Mm-hmm. And um, I did a project with General Motors. Mm-hmm. And I loved that integration of uh, getting an insight of a consumer Showing them what they never would have realized had I not told them that story and learned that I could make a career out of it in marketing. Mm. So I took a year off and decided to go into business and see how that would go. The path that that led me is like that vision was, okay, well, I'm going to see how I can build on every opportunity. I'm um, an eternal learner. I love to read anything. I have a stack of books by my bed. I'll listen and watch anything. I'll attend anything you invite me to. And because of that, I was like, okay, well, every opportunity, what more can I learn? How much better can I get at one thing? How much can I test if I know what I'm doing? And that led me from PR to going to business school to working in consumer packaged goods, from going from beauty to bleach, from bleach to small business finance with Intuit to, um, and then of course the crown jewel of, of social media, getting the winning the lottery and getting to work at Instagram. And now just, which I think is the pinnacle of my career, to be at an incredible company like Uber at a time of change to really help show people what they probably wouldn't see otherwise, that mm-hmm. a company that is achieving and doing so much good in the world. And I get to be a part of telling that story. Wow. Okay. So already uh, amazing. Is that too much? Like my dolliness really poured out? (laughs) Did I just share too much of my Dolly Parton in here? (laughs) No, I welcome Dolly. I mean, keep keep it coming, right? So that like, this is all amazing. I don't even know where to start, honestly. But first, let's let's talk about Instagram because you had three great years at Instagram and then something caused you to say, yes, I'm going to make the jump to Uber. Yeah. So tell us about Instagram first and then what got you to the point where you wanted to take on the global head of brand for Uber? I'm a change driver. I go to companies and I look for opportunity, not because the company is, uh, well, let me frame it this way, because companies want to try something new. And I have a huge appetite to leverage what I've done in the past to see what new we can do and what impact we can drive at a new mm-hmm. place. So after being at Intuit, we had launched this huge Super Bowl campaign, small business efforts, really turning around a perception of the company 
I want to go to an even faster paced environment like Instagram. I want to just drive culture. I wanted to own that responsibility for how people would express themselves, understand how to engage with one another and make the world, make Instagram one of the more joyful places. Those are Kevin's words I'm paraphrasing, like make it close, make the world feel smaller. And when I was at the company, there were our glory years. And I say that because, not because there aren't even more glorious years ahead, but we were so small, we all still fit in a room and Kevin and Mikey would talk. And it, it really instilled this like belief, like I too was a founder and I had to believe and care for this brand and help it grow. So almost future-proof it as a brand marketer so it could grow for a generation after generation of users. And then after doing that for a while, I had done, you know, we had gone from doing one campaign a year to having 30 to 40 ongoing global campaigns. And I, I realized I craved my next challenge. Working on a global brand like that, I wanted to go to something that would expand my view of what it really means to be a global company. So I craved a new challenge, and I found myself wanting to recharge my brain. So I made this really brave decision. I say brave, and I shouldn't say just I made it. I made it with my husband and my family. You know, I said, I think mommy needs a break. I think I want some time to remember what I'm in business for, what are the other things I can do? Can I start my own business? Can I be an advisor even more than I've been? And so we made a hard stop, and I took about five and a half months off, and I threw myself into reading. And I met with every founder, from the founders of the unicorns to the smallest Series A, just starting with an idea. Um, and I shared whatever I knew about marketing, and I listened to what drove them. And then I read some more. In this process, I realized I do love to be a change leader. I love being a part of a mission that could change how people live. You know, Instagram really changed how we feel and how creative we are and how we connect with one another in such a rich way. And I looked for that same opportunity. I was so grateful to meet the leadership team at Uber and to have this opportunity to come and create a new function to build some new muscles for the company and be a part of this company that does, and I say this over and over again, and I want the world to hear it, that does so much good. And it's just at a time where we can now tell it and we can tell it directly and transparently and share the good and help move culture along in the way we reimagine how innovation can change, how people work, and how people feel. And anyways, I can go on, but the opportunity to show the side of, of Instagram I didn't think people saw and similarly do that at Uber was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Okay, so that is an amazing journey you just shared, and across so many different categories, too. So when you think about how you've stitched together your career, I mean, did you ever think when you started you would be at Uber, or like how did you, how did you make those decisions along the way? Part of that vision was to make an impact and be a part of movements that are going to be good for the world. So I think given that criteria, it helped me down this path of why these companies. I mean, but it's a great question because several people reach out to me asking, you know, how did you go from CPG to tech? And then how did you go from small business finance to social media and Instagram? And, um, and I really attribute that to having a strong handle on my fundamentals. Like I really spend the time to understand the data. I always lean into what are we solving for? What does success look like? How are we going to operationalize our plan to deliver on those success metrics? And then as we kick things off, hey, are we 
Are we delivering on the same thing? Are we all on the same page? Are we still solving for the same thing? And if not, let's go back and check ourselves. I think that appetite for constantly checking myself and pressure testing that thinking and instilling that in my teams has allowed us to stay nimble enough and aware enough so that when we launch things, they're truly what the business needs and not what I decided. Mm-hmm. Or not what we declared someone wanted us to do as a team, but really what the business needs. Which, I mean, I think touches on a bigger topic of, like, when people call me a brand marketer. Sometimes I cringe. And I cringe because I'm a business builder. I don't think of myself as someone who's like, I'm here for the brand. Actually, I'm here to build the business. Whether it's in service of a vision of a founder or the CEO's objectives. I am in it to own it. Because as a shareholder or in service of shareholders, I believe deeply that every dollar counts. I believe every idea has to be tested. Will this drive us forward? Will they bring more value to our audience, the people who pay money for our service or enjoy it by sharing minutes of their time scrolling? Because that's an enormous responsibility that everyone should feel and everyone should feel as though they founded the company themselves. So I, I definitely take that that very seriously. And because of that attitude, I think it's led me to be pretty fearless. Even when I was on Clorox, I never felt like, oh, it's a hundred year brand, so I have to be precious. In fact, I think that's why I got some of the more challenging projects of reintroducing Clorox. I'll never forget, I, I redid the whole label and I redid the positioning and I had a woman behind the mirror in a focus group come up and knock on the mirror and say, whoever is in the back room, you're messing with my favorite product. Mm-hmm. Stop. And I learned two things then. You have to see how far you can go. And you have to remember how much these businesses, these products mean to individuals. And both of those things have to work together. And so that all together is what's enabled me to go from category to category. And, you know, each business has its own nuance, whether you're a hyper-centralized business as Instagram was or a decentralized business as Uber. I don't know if everyone realizes in over 900 cities in the world, I mean, you know, we're thinking of hyper-local placements and and how we activate and and how do you do that while maintaining a business that says and stands for the same thing wherever you are in the world and even the smallest or largest touch points and that drives me because I definitely take it very personally like it's not just a job I'm part of something very special that means so many things to people yeah it is so clear that you just put your heart into every single thing you do it's an amazing quality but underneath that warm and welcoming appeal is just solid strength i mean brain power and it's just like that's a fine balance that you've you've been able to strike so like how did you learn how to master all these different skills Oh, my God, practice. (laughs) I mean, Nadine, it's not easy. I would say my greatest strength is, you know, my vision and how I'm relentless. And then my greatest weakness is that I'm relentless. And that relentless is direct and transparent, consistently so. And that will be done with kindness and respect, but it is direct. Because there's a responsibility that's given to me, like, help me build my business. Mm -hmm. Taj, like, make something special. And I take that seriously. And I think it's something that we should all take seriously. But that balance of warmth and directness I think has to is something that I have matured into because that intensity that drove me has to also then be softened to acknowledge that like everyone learns and feels and is inspired in different ways and that's done by role modeling both in a wonderful family great friends great advisors reading to see how other leaders develop and mature 
um, humility to realize that I don't know everything and it's absolutely okay to not know everything. And also therapy, frankly, to uncover what are the drivers that have me do certain things and what is it when, you know, it's okay to disengage or when it's okay to support or when it's okay to really tell someone directly, no, we're not going to do it that way or we should consider it a different way. Mm-hmm. And how I deliver that takes practice. Right. So it's something I've taken as seriously as really being able to read data or taking, I mean, I, I, you know, or how I do my work or what kind of mom I am or what kind of wife I am or friend. Um, understanding how to flex to that audience and so that they can hear what is needed and so we can both get on the same page to achieve our goals. And that takes practice. Mm-hmm. Frankly, practice. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's tough. It's um, I think that's the toughest part because I and I especially see it in people of all levels. Sometimes I'm like, God, if we could all just sign on to just be more direct, but remember to do it with kindness and respect, we can get a lot more done easier. We have a motto in my family. We um we build, not break. Meaning, no one like that means for my kids. You know, they're nine and ten. You build yourself on your own merits. You don't build yourself by breaking down your sister to show that you didn't do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's reflective of maybe my management style. But you want to coach people to be their best on their own and not because you're a hero, but because you're a part of a bigger story. And, like, you all have a responsibility to be your best because when we're all our best, it adds up and the team wins. Mm-hmm. Teams don't always win if there's one real great star who just swoops mm-hmm. and then they end, right? But if everyone's challenged to bring your best and all, and you tr- you build that trust that hey, I'm only in it to just crush it together. So make your motivations clear and pure. Try mm. to build one another. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too deep and preachy, but like, no, I love kind it. Of, it. It's how, very how good. I run. It's like, what is my personal motivation? And it's purely to prove my seven year old self that I did it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that just opened up a whole yeah. other podcast we need to do oh, okay. is what to tell your younger self. Yeah. So I'm going to come back and ask you that question later. But I, I pulled out of what you just said, which was yeah. amazing, by the way, two potential headlines for your podcast oh, already. Great. Yes. I couldn't think of one. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, man, I read some of these people. I'm like, whoa, they're really good. I don't know if I'm going to get there, but. <laughs> no, no, no. It's great. And and we'll probably have eight more by the time we're done recording. Oh, but but they're so provocative and, and really d- profound at the same time. Like, build, not break. And you are part mm-hmm. of a bigger story. Yeah. And those are really important tips. And, and, I, and I will go home and think about those. Mm-hmm. I, I promise you that. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your kids, though. I want to come back to that because when we had breakfast, you were talking about really hard decisions you had to make as mm-hmm. a mom in your career path. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Like, how did you think yeah. about your responsibility for being a mom and also being this really highly sought after advanced marketer that's just building her career like crazy? Um, all I've ever wanted to be was a mom since I was even a little kid. Like, I knew I'd be fine in career and I'd find a great partner. (laughs) I mean, like, I I didn't realize how great of a partner I was going to find. He's pretty fantastic. But um, I just wanted to be a mom and I took it seriously. And I always said, oh, soon as – because I was a latchkey kid. So I'm an immigrant kid. I'm a first-generation kid. My parents emigrated from Iran back in um, the late 70s. We came to the U.S. and they built a life from nothing. In fact, I went and saw the original apartment we lived in because my dream is one day I'm going to buy it. Oh. And I'm going to totally get emotional. But, like – but – 
I remember how they started with so little, and yet they were like, we have a vision, we'll get there. And they did, and they are. And I always saw these pictures of what I think of the American mom who would bake cookies and stay home. And I'm like, I'm going to be her. But my mom really said, you're going to build a career and you're not going to be home because I trust me, as long as you are happy, your children will be happy. So I didn't stay home. And... And so anyways, that was unexpected. Also, having those kids was harder than I thought. You know, I thought I would get pregnant in a heartbeat. I had a plan. I was going to go to Clorox. I was going to be brain manager. Then I was going to be pregnant. Then I was going to take time off. Then I'd come back to Clorox, and that would be my path. Well, my God, it took rounds of IVF, miscarriage after miscarriage. And suddenly you're like, actually, forget the plan. That's why I say, like, thank goodness I have a vision because my plans never work out. (laughs) Like I got to hang on to the light because right now those plans don't add up. But, you know, Mm -hmm. careers go through peaks and valleys. I had two children under three. I reported into all men, all of whom had wives who didn't work. It just presented a, you know, a challenge of like, how do you keep on keeping on? But I think the takeaway of being a mother was, um, Frankly, I hate, I hate to say it, but remembering that at the end of the day, their joy is what's going to make my life great. Mm. Because, um, if you know, I can take on a, you know, a massive hundred million dollar campaign and not flinch. But God help me if my daughter has a bad day at school, mm. you know, or if I didn't send her in with the right materials. Like that's what hurts. That's yeah. what makes me stay up at night because. Their joy is everything. And then and then there becomes a point in life when you're like, okay, they're pretty happy. And then what about your marriage, right? And mm-hmm. then you have to think, I have to go through the process of, oh, my God, this guy. Hey, <laughs> we have to take care of each other, too. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is the, the more people I meet in my life, which I've met quite a few people, yeah. pretty, pretty awesome God. people, yes. um, I'm reminded every day and every time that it, it's, it's never easy. And everyone struggles. Everyone has had to think about this, figure it out, make it work as best as they can. And sometimes they make mistakes. Often they do. You know, and I think we talked about, like, I was just really impressed with Mary Beach in one of my mm-hmm. earliest podcasts because she was very honest that it took her a lot to figure out that she had to flip her life around. Mm-hmm. And uh, what she shared in her podcast was, was really eye-opening. And I'm glad you're sharing what you're sharing now, too, because you're right, we don't have that many role models, but we have some. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's always an honor like to be at a stage of my career where I am working with, especially women who are younger women who are looking to start businesses or women who have stepped out of the workforce. And, and I'm like, you can still come back in. And I have a lot of passion of like, how do we encourage each other to feel like we still belong in the workforce and we have a place in it? And what that role is. And I, I mean, anyone who's known me, I'd be like, start with a vision board. <laughs> like put an image together, what you think you mm-hmm. want, mm-hmm. you know, to focus your energy because then everything else is just noise. Right. Yeah. You know, because like to the word of heart, I don't know if it's hard. I just think it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I may, and maybe that's why like when we're in team meetings and when we're engaging with, that, with each other, it's such an honor to even get to know you and, and to be able to share it so openly because, you know, maybe something we share with one another helps us in the future or, I don't know, we realize 100%. What, what we Hence, uh, CMO moves. It's not just about your work. It's about you as a yeah. person, your life, your career, and and everything that impacts your ability to be successful. And uh, I really appreciate you being so honest and, and um, eager to share your your candid story because I know there are a lot of people who are trying to figure out the same thing that you are 
going through. And I know we're coming up to the end here. So I want to ask you one more thing mm-hmm. on this, and then I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit. Yeah, go for it. So I mentioned I was going to come back and ask you what you would tell your younger self. So let's do that now, mm-hmm. because you learned a lot along the way. So what would you say to your younger self or to your daughter today if you were to give them tips for success? I think it would be um, own your voice. I would definitely say that. I And it's funny because if you look back at my history, like, oh, but you ran for every office, you did all these programs. But along the way, I was always scared to share my voice. I think I felt, is it too direct? Would they not like it? Even to this day, I, I, I process it. It's becoming a smaller part of my rationalization of things and how I communicate. But, you know, I tell this to my teams, like, you have a, you're at the table. You earned your spot. You have a point of view. Own your informed voice. And I emphasize informed, and I'll get that. But, like, share it with pride. And, I, you know, my mom once said to me, she's like, Tasha, she saw a video of me, and she's like, oh, you look like yourself. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, sometimes I feel like you shrink yourself. You make yourself so small. And it's almost like you're worried because you don't want to offend the people around you. And... And it struck me because culturally, there's such respect for elders and your place in the rankings. And so I had never realized that maybe in my head, I just was trying to be respectful. But in the process of being respectful, I had shrunk myself to fit in a box so I can be part. So I thought was my way to have a part in the conversation. And then I heard Melody Hobson speak once and and she said this word, which I had never heard in this context of being unapologetic. And I thought of my mom's comments and I was like, oh my God, I have license to be unapologetic. I can own who I am. And it wasn't because she said so, but because I had never thought of it that way. That for all the instances where I'd say, oh, I'm sorry, or forgive me, but I have this perspective, forgive me. I know this might not be what you want to hear, but you know, I like let them go. I was like, I'm done. And there's a balance of timing, expertise, knowledge, putting them together and just having conviction, actually, you know what you're saying. And I say that to my daughter. I say that to my son. I regularly remind myself because you were so kind to describe my career. But I take it a day at a time. And every day I think to myself, you know your stuff. You've done this before. And not even to reassure, but like remind that, marry it with your perspective and go make a new impact. Go try something new. Make a new dent in the world. You know, help someone else rise to the occasion in their career because I know so much, right? And, and you know, the second thing I would say, the tip is make decisions. You know, be decisive. And again, be an informed decision maker. And to folks that are listening to this and, and people who've worked with me for a long time will know this, it's you know, I can say be a data-driven decision maker. And when there's no data, have criteria to make decisions. But be someone that someone could look at and say, you know what, she's going to help me make a decision. Or he's going to help me make a decision. Because having worked in hyper-growth companies or companies craving change now, there's no time to talk about a six-month plan. You have a window of opportunity. And whether it's at a CPG company or hyper-growth tech, tech company like Uber, value time, what you know, and make a decision. Wow. Okay. So fantastic. Okay. Shoot, shoot, shoot. We are out of time, but I can't go without my very last question. Oh, go for it. I always ask this question at the end. So if you weren't doing what you were doing now and money and talent were no object, you can do anything in the world, 
what would you do? I think I would just soak up my parents. I would put them on a plane. That's my answer. Money was no object, and all things were great. I would grab my parents, my kids, my sister and my husband, and I would put us in a house on top of a hill in a gorgeous country with water and stuff, and we would just enjoy each other without mm. worry. Well, that's a beautiful answer. And um, thank you so much for being so honest and forward and sharing so many great tips today. Oh, I'm inspired. It was helpful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I wrote down like five more headlines. Yeah. Uh, so okay. we're going to, we'll, we'll come to a conclusion on that one. Make a decision, right? Uh, yes. On what the headline will be. Yeah. And I uh, can't wait to share <laughs> your story. So thank yeah. you. Totally. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.